Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this episode, Frank Mejia discusses PK Move and urban evolution and the path to how and why he became a coach. He reflects on his experience with World Chase Tag, explaining the game and its intricacies. Frank shares his thoughts on travel and the role it's played in his journey before wrapping up with his thoughts on competition. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. And I'm Frank Mejia. Frank Mejia is an athlete and coach with PK Move and Urban Evolution in Alexandria, Virginia. He was on the USA team for the 2018 World Chase Tag Championships. When he's not chasing or getting chased, Frank likes long walks on the beach, smooth jazz, and traveling to share parkour. Welcome, Frank. Glad to be here. Frank, I think the best place to start would be to talk about your role within PK Move and Urban Evolution. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm pretty much a coach for both locations or not both locations, both companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with PK Move for about six months, if not close to a year now. And I've been working at Urban Evolution for about four, coming on five years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you have coaching duties or do you also work on the curriculum or what? how does that play out? Let's see. With PK Move, it's mostly just coaching duties, um, just helping out with classes and assisting where I can in terms of those classes. Mostly kind of helping Nancy with some of those PK Silver classes that we do for PK Move. And for Urban Evolution, I do some curriculum work along with some coaching and also some like instructor onboarding as well and a whole bunch of other stuff, essentially. <laughs> I'm a kind of bag of all Jack tra- of all trades, Jack of all right. trades kind of guy. <laughs> Frank, can you take me back to maybe before you became a coach, before you started, you know, before you really had the idea of I'm going to do this, I'm going to work on it, I'm going to pursue it. Um, how did you get from being, I want to say, just someone who trains? Lots of us, including me, are just people who train. But how did you get from that and like turn that passion into a passion for education and working with seniors? And So it was kind of incidental in a way because um, what I had to do for some of my schooling was I had to do a project that we called Senior Project. And essentially what you had to do is you chose a topic they wanted to study. And then from there, you would have to give a presentation at the end of the year with like all these notes and pretty much all your research of the topic. Mm -hmm. And I chose parkour. So with parkour, uh, one of the things that you need for the project is you actually need a professional in the field that you need to be able to like consult with with. on your project. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. Where can I go? Who I was I like, know? <laughs> who do I know? And I was like, Primal Fitness is in DC. Urban Evolution's like three miles away. Urban Evolution's closer. Let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much I send an email, then from there I hear back from Salil, the owner of Urban Evolution. And then from there I meet Sean Hanna, who's mm-hmm. like the lead. He's also he also works with PK Move now, which I guess we'll go into a little bit later. And then from there I pretty much just like told him what I wanted to do. And then from there, he told me what I had to do. And then it just kind of hit off from there. And I will definitely say this when I started, I did not really have that much of a passion for coaching. I was just like, I need to do this project. Let's get it done. I'm mo- I was mostly like a, just in the trainer mindset. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I just want to do like a whole bunch of training, a bunch of flips, a little bunch of tricks and all mm-hmm. that, figure out how to jump like really far. And then like over time, as I started going more and more into it, I started realizing, huh, coaching is actually kind of fun. It's really interesting to do this, like showing people how to do this form, how to perfect what you're doing already in terms of movement, how to finesse your technique and all that. Like that started becoming a real fun thing for me. Hmm. Like it was like, it was kind of like figuring out a puzzle, but it wasn't my puzzle. It was someone else's puzzle now. (laughs) (laughs) So have you found that helping other people teach 
Um, has that given you new tools for assessing how you train or how you teach yourself? Like, so in other words, you're, that's a whole new skill set to train someone else. And has that also enabled you to do new things with your own training? Oh, yes, most definitely. Because I, uh, ever since I started like actually teaching, I started noticing like different things I'll apply because if you, you have to kind of like practice what you preach almost in a sense, if right. you're going to actually mm-hmm. teach someone this and then from there, you have to actually instill that into yourself. Otherwise, it's going to seem ingenuine. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started to do. Like, before I didn't really train both sides as much. I was just like, eh, this is my jumping leg. It'll be huge and big. That's okay. But then I was like, no, that can't really happen because I tell people to do both sides so that way they can do it fine and perfect on both sides. Mm-hmm. I guess I should do that too. <laughs> the physician heal thyself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So how did the project turn out when you turned it in? Oh, I passed. Okay. I, I passed the flying <laughs> so, colors. I thought I would check on that before we move on. Um, just like, no, you failed. You so, have to do it again. Stay back another year. <laughs> so once you once you got that glimpse of um, the passion or the fire that you can get from coaching, what did you do next? Like, did you did that draw you into coaching with Urban Evolution? Is that how that that went next, and that led you to PK Move, or what's the that's the storyline there? Pretty much, that is the storyline. Like, I, <laughs> I can remember I thought, the right? I can remember the moment that I was really like, wow coaching can be fun Mm -hmm. was because i remember i was already like helping out and coaching at urban evolution for like uh, i think it was probably like two or three months and um, i was just like down trying i was like i don't want to do this i just want to train really i don't really like enjoy this that much then i remember we went to one of the locations for urban evolution another one and um, i saw the coaches there and they were just having fun with it they were they weren't like stressed out they weren't like man i want to hit this up they're like hey you want to try this jump and they were like helping the students and like communicating with them. They're being friends with them and really instilling a sense of community that I didn't really like understand that much, mostly because I'd only trained with myself and I didn't really delve into the parkour mm-hmm. community that much, especially here in DC. So then when I saw that, like that really shifted my perspective immediately. I was like, they're having fun with it. Why can't I have fun, fun with, with it? it? That makes no sense. Well, let's figure it out then. So how, did, so how did you figure that out? What was the, so um, my, I'm always like, okay, so unpack that. Like, how did you actually make a change? Because that's it's not easy to say uh, this thing that I'm kind of finding a chore, but now six months later or two years later, I love it. Like, wait, 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 wait back up. How did that go from being this thing you weren't <laughs> yeah, certain yeah. about? To, like, so so what, what do you think was the catalyst for the change there? Let's see. I think it was a mentality kind of thing because I was in that point in time, I was always like a mind over matter kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I was always mm-hmm. like, no, I can always shift the perspective. If I just have to look at it a different way. Right. So that's essentially what I started doing. Like instead of like thinking like of teaching and training as a chore, I thought of it more as like a benefit, like something that I get to do personally. Like I can't think of anyone else that would think, oh, teaching is so dumb. Why would I do that anymore? I think, wow, teaching is such a privilege. It's so much fun to bring people up and show them this thing that they didn't think they could do like mm-hmm. a week ago or even like an hour ago or five minutes ago. Like that to me, that's what really helped shift is just knowing that I'm helping someone mm-hmm. do something that they didn't think that they could do before. Right. And I, th- I think you've obviously hit on the thread that I think everybody understands about parkour is the enablement aspect of it is so, I love the word visceral. It's so <laughs> obvious that once you show them the spark, it's like impossible for them to get excited about it. And of course, if they're excited, that makes your job much easier to, you know, you don't have to excite them. You only have to teach them. It's like still a big project, but it's not the really hard project is the communicating that spark. Um, you have an obvious passion for what you're doing and what you're teaching. And I think that goes a long way to getting coaches off on the right foot. I'm my biggest problem is that I tend to be a bit of a, like a grumpy bear. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't work so well as a coach. I'm a different kind of motivator. It happens. Everyone's got like their different things. Like I'm not going to say like I'm happy go lucky all the time. Every time mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have like, oh, I should have gotten like maybe 20 more hours of sleep. Oh, I feel so groggy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do this. 
all right, guys, let's do this. Put on the biggest smile you right, can. Right. Try to a fake game, it till you right. make it. Bring the yep. A game. Bring yeah. the A game. And then I'm guessing you met somebody from the PK Move team at Urban Evolution. How did you get entangled with the so, crazy actually, people? Actually, um, what was it? I don't know if Nancy went over this. Um, she actually used to go to Urban Evolution to take some of their, like, um, what they call the 401 PK classes, which mm-hmm. is for ages 35 plus. And it's a lot more low impact and everything. And from there, that's when, like, um, it was her, Jean, who also used to take the classes there, and Rosie started getting together. And then they started coming up with this concept because they started realizing that there was a little bit of a gap in terms of, like, population that is being catered to, which is essentially the old, mm-hmm. the elderly group. And then from there, that's when that kind of started off. And then from there, Sean Hanna, who used to work at Urban Evolution, then moved to Colorado, essentially started getting in contact with them again. And because he was their original teacher for the 401PK classes, and then from there, they started forming the group. And then now it's where it is now, where Gene, Rosie, and Nancy have all created PK Move. And then from there, Sean is on board as like head coordinator for it. And since I'd already known them for years, there I was thinking, huh, it wouldn't be too bad just to join the team. Because I've always, I, one thing that I've started doing now is like, um, I really like and, and enjoy coaching, but this is where I kind of like take my thing from normal training, like pushing myself and kind of do it with my coaching aspect now as well. Because I saw it as both another challenge in terms of coaching and learning new things. And also I get to help and benefit others that otherwise wouldn't think that they could move around. I mentioned World Chase Tag in the beginning. And that's um, a thing that I think a lot of people have seen, but it's so new. It's not like just started last year, but it's so new that not everyone has had a chance to actually see it in action. And the clips that I've seen, it's like, oh, that's a parkour playground. But then when you see people move through it, you're like, okay, that's a whole new level of movement. I just have visions of like creaming my head on, you know, like knocking myself out. Sometimes that did happen. Sometimes. (laughs) I don't want to be in the fail video. Um, But can you just uh, like unpack a little bit about like what made you actually apply and then how does it work, you know, when you apply and how do you get in and, and then what your experience was like? Let's see. So I got contacted by one of the guys from the tag team. And then from there, we kind of discussed like, uh, okay, um, I could probably go out there, but I'm not sure. Because around this time, I was kind of doing my own travel coaching thing, which I guess we'll go on to later. And um, then I was contacted by uh, Tavon from Philly, Mm -hmm. who said, Frank, you should do this because I'm going to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be great. And we can all go to London and just jump around and chase people. And I was like, (laughs) compelling. I'll get back to you on that. I am in. (laughs) And then like... Some time went, he already filled the slot, so I was like, oh, I guess I missed my chance. But then the slot got unfilled again because one of them had another commitment that they had to go to. So I was like, oh, I, I'm meant I'm, to I'm go. In. I'm like, Tavon, take me now, please. <laughs> I, my body is ready. It's always been ready. <laughs> and then pretty much that's how that kind of started out. And then pretty much we were just off to the races. We were less, next thing I know, like a month later, I'm booked on a flight to London. Go. And then from there, whoa, I'm in London now. I never thought I'd be here, which was really a fantastic trip. Even if the time that we had there was only about like four or five days, but I enjoyed every second of it. It was really the best trip I've had so far. And then from there, just went to tag, got went, to went over the rules and everything with all the coordinators. And then we had like a little bit of practice time and everything. So it was really good. And then what's the format of the competition? They just like last man standing. Kind of <laughs> last man. <laughs> who's not tired. So essentially it's a round robin tournament that they had. And it's kind of like tennis in a way is at least that's how they explained it to me. Essentially there's a chaser and then there is um, the evader. The evader obviously is trying to evade being tagged and the chaser is trying to tag. You have 20 seconds on the clock for the chaser to try to tag the evader. If the chaser does not tag the evader, then the evader stays in still. 
and then I think they don't get a point. The, the point system always escaped me, I'll be honest. I am so sorry, Damien and Christian <laughs> Duvall, if you're both listening to this. <laughs> we, need a, we need a visual flow diagram, right? <laughs> but yeah, essentially that's how it worked. And pretty much you had 20 seconds on the clock, and then you would alternate after 10 seconds. So it'd be 20 seconds, someone is chasing someone, texting break to switch and alternate for the next person to go, and it just kept going back and forth like that until like you're out of rounds or matches, which I think it was about 16. Oh, so, so you've was, been there pretty long. Yeah, Somebody was, would get tagged by yeah. then. Somebody slips. L- luckily, there was five people, so we could always alternate and switch. So we had more than enough time to like recover from our endurance because yeah, I was going to say what yeah. what was the so what's the limiting? I mean, at at some level, yeah, as certain people are just so fast, you're like, what? This isn't yeah. even fair. But I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're matched up with somebody who's reasonably close, what winds up being the limiter? Is it cleverness or is it like is there a strategy or is Let's it see. just whoever can run the fastest the longest? I'm just kind of like, how does it come apart in terms of so tactics? it's it's actually a strategy thing if it's someone that's really level because there are pretty much choke points that you can go to to where you can like either lose someone or evade someone mm-hmm. or even like um, a path where it's a lot easier for someone else to go through. Like mm-hmm. for example, there's like a little bit of an area. I can't remember what it's called. They had a name for it, but um, I could get under it very easily because I'm small and short. Mm-hmm. However, one of the competitors I was going against, Haroon, who was very tall, mm-hmm. would more than likely not be able to because right. he's, he's going to have to down a split it. second. Exactly. Right. So it's pretty much a strategy thing at that point. But that's the harder part about it is because you have to make split second decisions because you're being chased right. immediately. So these yeah. are the fun little like things you don't really think about. You think it's just like, oh, running around when it's like, oh, if I go here, technically he can't cut me off and I shouldn't let him follow me. I should let him, I should guide him a little bit. And then from there, just lose him by going the other way. So the first thing I thought of is aside from uh, that, I could never do that. But the first thing that I thought of <laughs> after that self-deprecating thought, the first thought that I had was this is a neat project because you're taking somebody and you're saying, okay, you have to do high level thinking while running for your life. So like the one thing that the human body does is if you get the fight or flight response, when you flee, you're not thinking, you're just going a straight line as fast as you can, which is exactly the opposite of what you're describing that they're forcing you to do. So I think, and I'm just guessing, but I think the people would go, oh yeah, it's just chase tag, whatever, the fastest kid wins. But in reality, it sounds much more like this is sort of like a stress test environment where you're asking people, parkour people, who really love to work on lines and make those tactical choices in real time. Okay, do that. But now we're going to stress you out so that your brain doesn't want to do any of that. So what I'm wondering is, did it become easier as you went through the round? So like, was the first round, I don't even remember what happened or who was there. And then by the end, you're like, oh, I got it. I'm over. It's like all vectors and angles and you're just running and ducking. Like, how can you see an evolution in your physical performance in the activity? Let's see. For me, no. I was really <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> but I will say this. It was starting to get easier in terms of like um, stressors because I was like, man, I have no idea what to do. Then I was like, all right, I'll go this way. Then you start thinking about it ahead of time. But I did notice it with one of my other teammates, um, Seth Ruji, mm-hmm. who was re- – he, he can always pick it up fast. Like mm-hmm. Seth is an amazing athlete. That's a little bit of a shout-out for you, Seth, just letting that in there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was picking up fast. Like he was able to like decide, all right, going to go here, going to go here. Like he was very tactile with it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I noticed it with other teammates too. Like they were starting to find their choke points. And that's the thing when it comes to, I guess, like when you practice the thing enough. Because at this point, we didn't really practice that much. I mean, it was Seth and I when I was out in Cincy. We practiced like here and there a little bit. But in terms of as a team, we didn't really get to. Mostly because we were all from out like the United States. Right. Like we had Joey Adrian who was in Portland, Oregon. We have Davis Vasconcelos, who's in California now. Then we got Tavon in Philly. And then Seth and I were in Cincy. Right. So we were all like kind of spread out and didn't really, really get that team dynamic down that some of the other teams had an opportunity yeah. for. Did you get a chance as a team to be on the course beforehand? Like, did they give you a playtime? Like, 
Oh yeah, they were just like, here, here's course, here's the go course. play. All right. And they Have didn't fun. change it, so the whole the whole yeah. competition was run on one set, which is really mm-hmm. interesting to see how it how I, oh yeah how it they evolved. shifted around. We we're actually talking about things like what if they added a little more elevation? Like how I know it's dangerous, uh, but how much more interesting would it be? Like because then you could just run up a wall, and then they would have to do that, and then right. you could just like dodge them in some other way. Yeah, it does bring in a whole. I mean, you know, not that danger is the reason yeah. it shouldn't be done, but it does bring in a whole level of danger because you're it, it's hard enough to kind of compute in the three dimensions relatively low pancake space mm-hmm. having done the competition now are you going to go back you do is it or invitation only like you going back or let's see i would love to go, go back, back if they're going to invite me out like uh, i immediately like book me immediately all right so that's the first thing <laughs> definitely definitely want to go back are there any takeaways from it in other words if you if you could have a hey have a microphone if you could have a microphone to say this is what you should change or this is what you should remove what what changes would you think you make to it let's see um add more days for us to be in london so we can explore a lot more and also don't really change that much as, as far as I can tell. Maybe have like two, one or two more judges onto the course so that way they can determine whether or not it was a tag or not. Because mm. I'm going to put this out there. Uh, there was a controversial tag for me because I didn't think I got tagged and the person that tagged me didn't think he tagged me. However, uh-huh. one of the judges called like, no, he was tagged immediately. And a lot of people were very like, "No, that's a bad call. What are you talking about?" Um, and I was like, I'm "Maybe there should just fun. maybe there should be like an escape clause. If the chaser says, no, I didn't tag him,' like they should be able to veto the tag and then just like reset the clock or something." Potentially, because um, the reason like it was kind of like a controversial thing was because if that call wasn't placed, we would have had more points, mm-hmm. and then from there we would have gone to the finals against mm-hmm. the champions at that mm-hmm. time, which was Marrero Gang from London, Yeah, which is why everyone's like so like kind of up and anti. Yeah, well, on the other hand, though, I think if you have a live action, you know, all sporting is live action, we have a live action event, as soon as you bring in the opportunity for like recall and analysis, it changes the nature of the game. Like I always, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge foot, uh, European football soccer, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but that's the sport that I follow if you ask me. And one of the things that I, there are many things I dislike about it. One of the things I like is it's, it's, it's hey it's on the field and the only person who knows how much time is up is the guy with the watch on the field and you just play the game pay attention to the ball and there's no replays there's no delays there's no pausing so i like that and it sounds like uh, the chase tag works the same way it's basically two people chasing each other and there's minimal intervention from the outside world and you know go mm-hmm. settle your issues in the, in the court so that's interesting mm-hmm. um so you mentioned wanting to have more time in london uh do you, you want to you want to like send a love shout out to london itself or what are your thoughts on the city or what else did you get a chance uh, to look at london while you were there? community I love you all. <laughs> also, it's just really great. Like the community out there. And also, I think the main thing was because when I was so like starting out in parkour, um, a majority of the videos I would see were coming out from London mm-hmm. and from like all the iconic spots that I would see, right, like IMAX right. and all that. Yeah, and Vox being there Hall, in London. Right. Yeah, Vauxhall. Oh. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vauxhall. Someone will remake you one day. <laughs> Craig, if, if you didn't, you couldn't hear him, but he was like, I was there. <laughs> but yeah, seeing those iconic spots. And the funniest part was like, they were all nearby each other, which yes. I didn't know. I thought well, that's they were like the, miles apart. Well, I mean, they're pretty far apart, but like the, that's the beauty of the city environment. And I, I actually think the people who had the opportunity to, to grow up in those kinds of environments, they don't realize how, how good they have it. Like I'm from the rolling hills of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I mean, we have curbs and railings and stuff, but generally there's a lot of nothing and oh, railing, but that's not somebody's front porch. So when you go to a city environment, you're like, this is really cool, you know, and then you can start climbing on things and you find spots. And I particularly love um, London 
because it's an old city, it has that like organic, you don't know what you're going to find. You walk down the street, turn a corner, you're like, what? I mean, like Vauxhall was just like wedged in amongst other, <clears throat> amongst a bunch of apartment buildings. And you weren't expecting that space to be there until you like mm-hmm. look over the railing. You're like, oh, who put this here? You know? So that, <laughs> that, I love that. So that's a feel of London that I think is unique. Even in Philadelphia, you don't get that feel to it. So in Philadelphia, it doesn't have that organic mm-hmm. feel. So that's one of the things that I picked up on when I was there. And I, I'm guessing that you're, you see that too. You can get yeah. off the subway. You're like, first of all, where am I? You come out of the subway. Every neighborhood is different. And then the discovery is a, a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I think the best part was um, we didn't have, um, I think it was one of the days we didn't have that much time to train because we had to go somewhere. Um, we did a little bit of like PK tourism. So we just visited the spots, <laughs> took pictures, looking at the challenges, like, whoa, oh, someone did that? Yeah. Jeez. That was their shoe marks. You know, you're like, <laughs> right. <laughs> they did what? Yeah. Here? <laughs> Good times, honestly. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. Shout out to Breach Graham, aka Breach Apparel, who is run by Chris Ilabaca and the Ilabacas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Daniel Ilabaca. Um, they just started their whole thing of like clothing, and everything. Their clothing is top notch. Like, that was another highlight point for me was getting to meet the Ilavacas mm. because they were just because um, it was him. Also, Alex Potts's videos, which is a funny story I'll probably touch on later, <laughs> was like just meeting them was like almost a dream come true because coming up just like as a 12 year old kid, just watching videos and seeing this like guy just defy gravity, yeah. just going like, whoa, hey. You're, yeah. my hero. you're my hero. <laughs> and well, then you meet me, you're like, and you're a normal person. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, no, that brings me to my funniest point. It was Tavon and I at Leap Parkour Park, mm-hmm. and we were talking to a guy, and I didn't realize it, but it was actually Alex Potts mm-hmm. the whole time. <laughs> and then I shout out like really loud with Tavon and Alex, like right next to me. I was like, can I curse in this? Uh, sure. <laughs> Holy shit! You're Alex Potts. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> Every morning, right? <laughs> oh, like highlight point. I fan girl a little with Danny. I try to keep it a little bit low, more, more low key, if I could. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever fan girl. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> So obviously the trip to London and Chase Tag was like a huge, I want to say eye opener, but like a, a glimpse into a whole nother world of what you personally could do if you wanted to travel. And I'm guessing that that just like blew the, uh, the, the box open Pandora and the genie is out and now you want to start traveling and that's how you got to traveling and coaching. So actually it's the reverse. I was already doing travel <laughs> coaching and then I went to London because <laughs> um, what happened was um, it was sometime at the beginning of last year in 2018 that I was like, hmm. I want to broaden my horizons a little bit. I want to see what else is out there because living in this area for so long, you kind of feel like you need to go out there, especially like everyone's always has that young point where they're just like, ah, I need to go out and see the world. I need mm-hmm. to do this. I need to do that. So I decided to start small and just like travel to some states in the U.S. And what I decided to do um, in February was go to Michigan and work at a gym called Movement United owned by Jeremiah Bishop. What's up, Jay? And pretty much just started working there for about three months mm-hmm. where I got to meet a lot of people in the community. I got to like expand my horizons in terms of coaching because one thing that I definitely noticed was like I was not complacent but I was like very easygoing like as I was working more and more like I knew what to do this and that so being in this new environment with new like obstacles new people and somewhat new mindsets I was like huh I have to change my dynamic a little bit Hmm. I can't just be like all right I have to actually think all right I can do this I want to teach this I want them to do this that means I have to do this instead because what I would normally do with like the people that I would always teach, I would just be like, all right, let's do this. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But with these new people, I had to like try and shift the way I would normally teach, which was really interesting, especially with the obstacles aspect, which I thought was really enjoyable for me. Because um, at Urban Evolution, we have like a whole bunch of obstacles. And same thing for PK Move. 
But here we had like different obstacles and apparatuses. So I was like, huh, how do I teach this with this? New tools? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's figure this out. So I started thinking. I remember I took like a day just thinking like, okay, I can use this to teach that. I can use this to teach that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> Perfect. Did you find that the students brought some ideas of their own? Like, I'm guessing there wouldn't be the obstacles were very new for the students. They've probably seen it in previous classes. So did you find yourself learning from them in the process of trying to teach them parkour? You're learning how to use these tools? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, like, I remember what was one thing. I remember one of the kids decided to, like, say, hey, why don't you do this? So that way they could climb up here. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because it was like a three-foot vault box to try and get on top of a wall that was very slick. And I was like, what are you having? Oh, I see. So he, like, tipped it and made it into, like, a tack box pretty much. And oh, okay, I was right, like, right. oh, okay. I forgot, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got these pieces <laughs> move, right? <laughs> they can yeah. move. So, yeah, that was definitely one thing. And definitely just, like, the Michigan community will always have a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Those guys are so much fun to hang out and just jump around with. Like, um, another facility that I would sometimes go to, um, the other parkour gym in the area would be, like, Phoenix Movement, or Phoenix Freerunning, sorry. And um, uh, pretty much those guys are, like, old schoolers, but they've been a, they have such a community aspect that I hadn't really seen before. Like, all the people that, because usually what happens, like, in jobs or working anywhere, you usually have, like, people, like, dropping out, not working there mm-hmm. anymore, stuff like that. But these guys are have been there, there since day right. one. And mm-hmm. they, like, they're such the best of friends. It was really warming to my heart, honestly. Because I've never really seen that kind of thing before. I was like, oh, this is like a really great vibe and community. I love it. And like, I was like, Jesse, he's he's one of the owners of uh, Phoenix Reno. I was like, if I could, I would live here forever. Because <laughs> it's so much fun and so enjoyable just being around all of you guys. Like, that's what really like drew me more and more into Michigan. I definitely want to go back if I ever get a chance to again. Which I probably will next couple months. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, then from there, I came back to Virginia for about like two ish months, worked a little bit during the summer. And then from there, that's when I started doing like more PK move stuff. I think. Yeah, that was when I started doing it. I can't remember. Honestly, it's been so long. (laughs) (laughs) And and then from there, I was heading out to Cincinnati to work at Swift Movement with Seth Ruggi and Matt Peevely. I don't know if you know them by chance. Uh, I think I have met Seth, but I don't know Matt. Hmm. You'll recognize him. They call him. What is it? Uh, if you've hung out with Andy Taylor enough, you'll know he calls yeah. him Ginger or something oh, like that. I, I, my problem is I'm really good with like faces and pictures, but I'm bad with names. So a lot of times people, if I, like, I'm like, oh, I actually do know that person. I just couldn't remember their name. So I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm not that old, but it seems to be becoming a problem. It's happening. No. <laughs> well, I think part of it is there's a, I forget what it's called. Like, it's called the monkey sphere. There's a number of, mm-hmm. like a certain number of people in your head that you can maintain like actual personal relationships with. And everybody that I know in the parkour world, this is not just me. We're all trying to do this with like a thousand people. And we're trying to keep track of all these, like, oh, that's the person who does these kinds of videos. And then that, that it's just trying yeah. to like keep track of it all, it um, is hard. which I think is an awesome problem. I love the fact that there are so many people that I have met and had a chance to communicate with that I can't remember them all. I'm like, this is awesome. I have no idea what's going on anymore. So I, I think I need to make a shirt that just says, I'm sorry, I have already forgotten your first name. You know, like, so while I'm talking to you, you can read the shirt. Right? Can you give one to me too? Because I do that for everyone, inclu- including kids, especially. <laughs> Because I'll be like, I remember you, but I can't remember you at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's definitely a meme. I would go there. <laughs> I would go there for to Cincinnati for three months, train and work there. Then from there, it was in the middle of my visitation there that I would then go to London with Seth, mm-hmm. to where then we would do World Chase Tag and all that. All right. Which, by the way, we had a really great jam at the end of the competition. Like mm. all of us, like all the teams, like Team Ashigaru, the Samurai Seven from Japan. Um, 
what was it, Team Ape Escape from France, and all of us just in one park, including a lot of the London community. It was such a blast. Like, mm. just all these international athletes just coming together and jumping around on stuff. Did, um, did you find that you had... Um... I'm guessing there wasn't necessarily a common language or did everybody bring English or how did that work in terms of like when you get to the jam, was it just like it's a a, a conference of uh, mimes where everybody is moving, but there's not a lot of talking or did you find breakout sessions where you were talking and making connections with those people? Or? Let's see. I'm um, kind of half and half, honestly, like because um, a majority of the teams could talk. I think it was um, just some of the Japanese team couldn't really talk English that much. But other than that, we are all communicating mm-hmm. very fine and very well. Like I remember um, having a conversation with like uh, – Silky Zigzag from um, uh, Team Ashigaru, also Valentin Dubois from France, mm-hmm. and just like conversing with them about a thing here and there and just jumping around with them as well. Right. So yeah, there wasn't that much of a language barrier, and but there was one fun thing that we all did, which was jump on bricks. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to put that in there. <laughs> Seems pretty obvious. You've been bitten by the travel bug. I think everybody gets bit by the travel bug eventually. Yeah. Um, but now that you've been bitten by the travel bug, what's next? Where you know, where's where's the place that you're definitely going, and where's the dream place that if you could figure out how to put it together, where would you go? Let's see. Places I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going back to Cincy, mostly because I'm going to be doing a competition there mm-hmm. for NAPC and the Midwest Parkour League. Then I'm also going to be going to Boston in about what is it like a couple couple weeks now because mm. um, they're also doing competition there. One place I definitely want to go to is Germany. I want to see the architecture and what that community has to offer because I've seen so many videos and so many things throughout the years. I'm just like, this seems really great. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what's going on, <laughs> like for myself, live and in person. So we've been talking about uh, Chase Tag and we're kind of talking about NAPC and remind me of the competition that's coming up in Boston because shout outs are good. Um, it is the Eastern Parkour Qualifier or Eastern Parkour Competition that is essentially an NAPC qualifier event to try and go into the main competition in Vancouver for mm-hmm. NAPC. Right. So we're talking about competition here. So I'm wondering, you have obviously experience in them. So I'm wondering if you want to give me some of your ideas on competition in general, like as a philosophical thing. Like, What do you think of competition in the context of parkour or parkour in the context of competition, whichever way you want to do that? Let's see. Um, just competition itself with the context of parkour, I think it is very well done, if done with the right people, I think. Mostly because the first time I competed really was um, in the first, I guess, EPC, which is um, the Boston qualifier for NAPC. And the first time I went there, I was like, I've never really competed. I think mm-hmm. I can maybe do good. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what and I've, I've heard like a lot of things like people saying, like the old school thing, like, oh, take competition out of parkour and all that. Like I was very adamant about that at some point in my life too. I was like, no, I shouldn't have competition. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But then I remember like just hearing and seeing a whole bunch of videos about like people that actually competed and i was like wow maybe it can be fun i think the key thing that stuck with me was like um ryan doyle's take on it when he did the red bull art of motion in 2011 in london was like it's not like it's not 25 people going against each other it's 25 people going against the course just trying to figure themselves out and trying to do the best that they can do Mm -hmm. and that always stuck with me and then when i did the qualifier just all these people coming in from like essentially like a good chunk of the eastern states and I would just see them. They were all like jumping around, piling around. Like they, they were having fun with it. They weren't there just like, man, I'm going to kick your ass. Like there or was I'm going to be ego trip, right? There was no ego trips. It was just us just jumping around. A bunch of kids just, playing like, on stuff, right? It, it's essentially a like, good thing, right? Yeah. It's a jam where people already set challenges, essentially. At least that's what it seemed like to me because we were all just having fun, thinking and strategizing of ways to like conquer like the speed course or like figure out different methods to try and attempt like some of the skill challenges that were there. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what really shifted my perspective for competition a lot and solidified into my mind that, wow, competition can be great. It can be fun, especially with parkour. So did you find that the competitors uh, at this level that you're talking about, the competitors were actually working together? Like in, if you go to like the crazy levels of competition in other sports, it, it's like, you're not even allowed to look at me and I'm in my own tent. Like they yeah. really start getting segregated because it's the tiny fractions of differences. And one of the concerns I have is that at the moment, people don't have their egos involved because the purses are relatively small and the amount of fame is relatively small. And I'm wondering, do you think that we can maintain that um, level of camaraderie amongst the competitors? Do you think we can maintain that as things get bigger and more money gets involved and the advertisers discover that this is a thing? Let's see. I would definitely hope so that it can maintain like this, but everyone has a different like sense of altruism and all honesty in terms of the way they perform certain things. Um, I do think what we can do this. I do think that we can like keep the ego out of parkour as much as we can. So that doesn't get to the point to where let's say gymnastics is gone at some point, because if it does get to that point, I guess I'm going to have to call it urban sprinkling or right, something urban else. Sprinkling or <laughs> urban skateboardless skateboarding, right? Suburban, the name. Tra- <laughs> suburban track and field. <laughs> All right, time for a controversial head point. Constantine, how's your day? How's my day? Uh, my day is actually pretty busy, but going okay. Um, I came from, I won't name names. I came from somebody else's house and came to the house that we're at, which is not your house either. And it's been a little bit of like running around just because we drove down and I'm a little tired, but it's kind of part of the, for me, it's part of the fun is to like go immerse myself in, I was going to say the local community, but just like to go to somebody's and like get a chance to be with those and then randomly encounter other people. So this particular interview, we didn't have planned in advance. It was like a, Hey, tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, sure. We got the marriage. What's it? Oh, that's only like two miles from here. All right. And off we go. So I really <laughs> enjoy the fact that we can be nimble with the recording. Um, so yeah, I'm having a pretty usual day. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, so sometimes I would ask guests if there's a story they would like to share, but but instead of doing that, I'm going to go. So we mentioned long walks on the beach and jazz. So I'm wondering if you want to unpack those a little bit. Ah, the beach, such a fabulous place. That's all I got. Your podcast. Team Farang still has not released the beach video, which they promised for at least 10 years now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else was just, a, I just saw somebody talking about that. There was a meme with like, you know, oh, 2019, yeah, like 2019 still waiting, waiting for, for <laughs> Dylan Baker video, st- um, team storm tour right. and a whole bunch of other things <laughs> that will never get released. No pressure. Oh, it's the worst. Great. Oh, but yeah. Let's see. Smooth jazz. Have you heard Charles? Um, I think it was Charles Bradley's um, Changes. It's a very nice song. Mm, I, um, Bradley sounds familiar, though, but I don't know off the top of my head. It doesn't see. ring a bell. If you've seen Big Mouth, then you've probably heard like the intro song. I'm guessing you have not seen Big Mouth. I was going to say, I don't know if I've even seen Big Mouth TV. I stopped watching TV like 10 years it, it's ago. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Oh. So, <laughs> now you have something to look at. It's a very crude show run by Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. but the intro was very interesting because the premise of the show is just like um, kids going into adolescence, essentially going mm-hmm. into teenage mode. And then pretty much the song is like uh, Charles Bradley's Changes, which he's very like impactful with his soul with it. He's like, I'm going through changes. <laughs> I don't think I've heard this song, right? <laughs> I-, I recommend it. It's not bad of a song. I think it's about like him like losing his love the love of his life or something mm-hmm. but essentially like it worked very well with like the mood they're trying to say it's both silly <laughs> but like kind of serious because they're growing up <laughs> i will check it out that sounds really interesting <laughs> at least the song big cool. mouth eh, well i, I enjoyed big mouth <laughs> the it's beauty not of everyone's Netflix, cup of tea, like a fast forward right 
not everyone's cup of tea, though. I will say that. Yeah. And of course, the final question: three words to describe your practice. Safe. Something creative. Thank you very much, Frank. It was a delight to talk to you this morning. <laughs> it was a delight to talk to you too. This was episode 45. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 45. And there's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to join the Movers Mindset community. Thanks for listening.